Welcome to the Dennis Jernigan Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help you find healing for your wounds, find hope in your despair, find intimacy in your loneliness, find refuge from the storms of life, basically to help you find a deeper walk with Jesus. There's one thing I have come to know after having lived all these years now, and it is this. Our God wastes nothing. He does not waste our sorrows. He does not waste our wounds. He does not even waste our failures. Hi, I am your host, Dennis Jernigan. Today's podcast is the story behind the song, The Pain of Love, from the ministry recording, Help Me to Remember. This album is a 14-song collection, especially for those who are going through the process of grief. Some of the songs are from Father God's point of view and are meant to bring comfort to those who mourn. All the songs are meant to be conduits of God's love and presence to broken, grieving hearts. And what is grief? Grief is simply deep sorrow, especially that caused by someone's death. What is mourning? Mourning is the outward expression of that grief and sorrow. According to Matthew 5, verse 4, Jesus says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Let me tell you about a song that came to me in the middle of a trial experienced by my own family. This song is called The Pain of Love, and it came to me between the dates of August 29th and September 4th of 1996. Here's what I wrote about the song at that time. I remember the day we first brought Jasmine home. We had spotted the beautiful white horse at a local auction, and my daughter Annie had quickly fallen in love. The horse was not too big and not too small. In every way, she seemed just right. We purposely bought a female with the intention of having her bred because Annie had dreams of raising a baby horse. Now, once we got Jasmine home, Annie set out to get to know her new friend. She learned the habits and personality of her steed. Day by day, Jasmine learned a new trick or a new behavior, and Annie and her horse were very close. My greatest joy was simply watching Annie and Jasmine glide full speed across the pasture. I couldn't tell who was having the most fun, Annie or Jasmine or me. (laughs) Day by day, Jasmine became more and more a part of the family. She seemed so healthy in every way. And she was actually healthier than we ever realized. Because on Easter Sunday of 1996, I was awakened by the screams of my daughter. At first, I thought something was terribly wrong, but then I realized Annie's hysteria was actually joy beyond measure. Daddy! Daddy! Jasmine had a baby. Jasmine had a baby. At first, I thought Annie had lost her mind. (laughs) But as I approached the pasture Jasmine called home, I saw a small white creature hiding behind Jasmine's legs. I thought perhaps one of the neighbor's goats had gotten into the field. Yet upon closer examination, I was stunned to see a little white, gangly-legged filly that looked like a miniature jasmine, a baby horse. This had been Annie's dream all along. It was as if God wanted to surprise my daughter with the most unexpected gift, 
just because. For this reason, Annie dubbed her new filly, Surprise. My daughter was in heaven on earth. By the end of the first week with Surprise, Annie had tamed her and fitted her with her first halter. And after only a few weeks, she had trained this little horse to follow her around by a lead rope. As the summer passed and Surprise grew, each day brought joy, deep joy, to my little girl's heart. It felt as if we were living in a fairy tale. But guys, not all fairy tales have happy endings. By the middle of August, Annie had come to know her horses pretty well. But as dads sometimes do, I didn't listen when she told me she felt that Surprise was not acting like herself. I assumed that Annie was simply overreacting to some dispositional attitude the filly had displayed. My thought was that Annie's apprehension would be alleviated as the days went by, that the filly would just grow out of this stage. Surprise looked fine to me. But a few days later, the peaceful afternoon air of the Jernigan farm was pierced by the most heart-wrenching cry I have ever heard. The same voice that had so joyfully awakened me with the news of Surprise's birth was now wailing with sobs of grief and despair as Annie ran through the pasture back to the house looking for me. Something's wrong with Surprise. Daddy, 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 I think she's dead. My heart began pounding. My mind went numb. My heart began to break at the sight of my little girl grieving at the loss of something so dear to her heart. As she fell apart in my arms, I didn't even know what to do. Are you sure, Annie? Are you sure? Yes, Daddy. Yes, I am sure. I began crying with my daughter. Although I was grieved at the loss of surprise, I was more distressed at my daughter's broken heart. I grieved because she grieved. Leaving her side for a moment, I ran across the same field I had seen Annie and Jasmine fly across so many times. That same field where she had taught Surprise to follow her. I thought perhaps Surprise was just asleep in the afternoon sun. Maybe Annie had been mistaken, but then I saw the filly's little body. She was laying on her side, and it was very obvious she was dead. How could this be? This just didn't compute in my mind, and if I couldn't make sense of it, how was my little girl going to handle this? Many thoughts flooded my mind, like why hadn't I listened to Annie about Surprise's health? Why would God surprise us with such a lavish gift and then allow it to be, a t to be taken away so suddenly? What could I possibly do to help my daughter through the process of grief? How can I use this as an opportunity to explain God's grace? After the veterinarian arrived to examine the filly's body for a cause of death, we loaded the family in the van and drove to town just to get Annie away and to talk with her about the afternoon's events. We were able to grieve together as a family. We talked about what we could have done to save the horse and realized there was no way we could have foreseen the day's events. Even though Annie had concerns about Surprise's health prior to her death, other circumstances had come into play which kept a more intensive diagnosis from taking place. 
namely, that I had not seen her symptoms as major concerns. I felt terrible. I sought my daughter's forgiveness for not listening to her and for not taking action. But beyond that, we came to the conclusion, especially after the veterinarian's report a few days later, that her liver had evidence of a parasitic invasion. We, re we realized there was really nothing that we could have done beyond what we did. Upon reaching that conclusion, we decided to look back on our short time with surprise, with a thankful heart, and take a look at our situation from God's point of view. We had not expected a baby horse, yet God had surprised us. We had many memories as well as pictures of surprise to remind us of all the joy her short life had brought to us. Just as I had taught my daughter to get back in the saddle after being thrown from a horse, in much the same way we needed to get back in the saddle of life. What did this mean for Annie? Overcoming the fear of losing the things she loved. In the days following Surprise's death, the Lord gave me a song for my daughter. Let's do this. Let's take a few minutes and listen and allow the Lord and his massive love for us to comfort us wherever the circumstances of our lives may find us right now. I gave away my love to give one life That one just walked away Now I want to die When one I love hurts me I am compelled To never Again, I hide inside myself. Broken hearts, when left untended, tend to close to save their life. Hardened hearts, when left unmended, simply just cannot survive. The pain of love is born of sorrow The fire of love will leave you burned The pain of love is that tomorrow Your love just might not be returned The pain of love is very costly The price you pay, the choice to give the pain of love is that you lose your life, yet find a way to live, really live your life, give your life for
can it be that in dying we find life? Is it through darkness that we come to love the light? To love when mocked or ridiculed or spurred? To love is giving love when love is not returned. Broken hearts when left untended tend to close to save their life. And hardened hearts when left unmended simply just cannot survive. The pain of love is born of sorrow. The fire of love will leave you burned. The pain of love is that tomorrow your love just might not be returned. The pain of love is very costly. The price you pay, the choice to give. The pain of love is that you lose your life, yet find the way to
To love someone is to risk being hurt. Just think of Jesus and his great love for us when he took the weight of the sin of the entire world upon himself and paid our debt with his own precious blood, knowing full well we would turn our backs on him. Yet he went to the cross anyway. Annie could have chosen not to spend any more time with her horse, Jasmine, because of all the hurtful memories this could have turned up. She could have chosen to cut off the risk of further wounding and loss by not allowing herself to love or to be loved. To love means to risk. To risk means we might suffer loss. But our final understanding was this. Not to risk loving for fear of loss is to cut off life. But because of our example in Christ, we know that love requires risk and that risk can mean loss. But we learned that love gives of itself regardless of the outcome. To love is to give. To not love is to close oneself off from life, away from hurt, away from reality, away from hope. To not risk loving is to place oneself in the realm of hell, and hell is a place devoid of love. No love equals no relationship. No relationship equals no life. Jesus loved. He risked his life. He suffered loss. Yet from his loving, his risking, his loss, came our hope for relationship. From his love came our life. For us it is no different. We will always be faced with death in this life. How we respond to that death will determine the depth of life we are able to experience on this earth. Even in death, little surprises come shining through to remind us to keep on loving, to keep on living. Many years ago, around the year 2000, I recorded this album, Help Me to Remember, as a ministry to those who grieve. But did you know I wrote a book by the same title and released it at the same time? That book, Help Me to Remember, goes through the stories behind the songs in much greater detail than I'm able to share on this podcast. It's a great study on grief and mourning, and it was self-published back in the day. Now we only have a few hundred of the paperbacks left in stock, and I'm offering a copy of the book for $7.95 plus shipping and handling until we run out. Just call 918-781-1200 and order your copy today. It's just as relevant today as the days in which I wrote it. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Dennis Jernigan Podcast. If you'd like more information on me or my story or my music, you can always go to DennisJernigan.com. You can also follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram. You can find me on iTunes. If you'd like an mp3 of today's song, The Pain of Love, from the recording, help me to remember, just go to the store at DennisJernigan.com. Again, thank you for joining me for today's podcast, and remember to take the time to remind yourself God loves you, and so do I, and never forget His goodness and His comforting presence is with us even in the sorrowful times. You are His son, or you are His daughter. You, new creation in Christ, and you are never alone, ever. Now go and be who your Father says you are. You are my.